This is The Jerry Callahan Show. Well, let the speculation begin. Does he go to uh, Las Vegas and play for uh, Josh McDaniels? Does he go to Miami? We know he always, or at least recently, has wanted to play in Miami, where he now lives, where his kids live, where his ex-wife lives. Uh, does he stay in Tampa? Absolutely not. Not a chance. I think, and it's not nearly as much fun to uh, speculate on where he'll play, uh, but I think he's done. I think that's the famous final scene last night in Tampa and a, uh, a good old ass kicking the t- Dallas Cowboys, as I predicted, would win this game and win it easily. Brady looked as bad as he's ever looked. I watched till the end. I know Ironhead went to bed at halftime, but I watched till the end because as I told my wife, this is Tom Brady's last game. That's that's my prediction. It could change, but I will explain to you why. This this is the 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 best time to walk away. Here's here's what everybody says when they say he's not going to quit, that he's going to play somewhere else, that he's going to keep going. They say Tom Brady can't go out that way. He cannot go out after the drubbing we just saw. He gets shut out in the first time uh, in the first half in the playoffs for the first time since the Tuck Rule game twenty years uh, twenty two years ago. Uh, he just um, he reached one milestone for futility after another. It was it was embarrassing. He was dropping snaps. He was he was throwing the ball into the ground. He looked really slow and uncomfortable in the pocket. He tried to kick a guy. I don't even know if they picked up on the broadcast when uh, he threw to Chris Godwin, and Godwin fumbled. It was uh, called back after they looked at it. And uh, the cowboy picked up the fumble and started running. Tom Brady tried to make the tackle initially, got brushed aside. And then he tried to kick him, tried to trip him. And I said, he's going to get called for this. There's going to be a replay. He's going to get killed for this on ESPN and everywhere else all day. It was a Max Mac Jones like play. It was a dirty play. They never, they never, we never saw it again. They never mentioned it, so he got away with that, which is good because I didn't want that to be the whole story of the game, the uh, attempted trip by Tom Brady. And it didn't didn't matter because on the replay, Godwin was down. It was not a fumble. It could have been worse, by the way, if the Cowboys had a kicker. It could have been worse, and uh, he did manage to score a touchdown or two uh, in garbage time. But the reason... It does, the, the reason that's a silly argument that they get, that he can't go out this way is because that's how 45-year-olds go out. Eventually, and I've been saying this for years, like 10 years, eventually he's going to look old. He's superhuman. He's unbelievably fit, mentally tough. He is uh, better in every way than, than, than other players, other quarterbacks. He just knows how to avoid injury longevity, his longevity has been something to behold, but, oh, here he is. We got, we got the video. There he is trying to trip uh, the deep Dallas DB. I I was going back and forth between the ESPN broadcast with Joe Buck and uh, Troy Aikman and the Manning cast. Normally I, I love the Manning cast, but it was kind of boring. I have to admit they had Dan Campbell on at one point. He was boring. So I went back to Troy Aikman and, and Joe Buck. I thought we would get another look at this. And I thought he would be in for, I said, he'll have a day of just people saying he's, he's a cheap shot artist and it was a punk move, but it kind of just, it kind of just went by the wayside. No big deal. 
But the reason, see, Tom Brady is, among other things, he's a smart guy. He's a realistic guy. He, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. You can't have a game like that, a season like that. Let's, let's face it, his team went 8-10. and 10. That's the first losing season he's ever had. He was lucky to win the division and make a, uh, an appearance in the playoffs, and it was as ugly a one-and-done as you're ever going to see. The final was, what was the final, 31-14? That's with four missed extra points and about 20 minutes of garbage time where the, uh, the, the Cowboys were just trying to run out the clock and finish this. It, 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 it felt like it was like 57 to nothing. That's the kind of game it felt like. It was com- a complete dominance by Dak Prescott, who went 25 for 33 for 305 yards, four touchdowns, zero picks, a 143 rating. As good a game as Dak Prescott has ever played. Tom Brady, 35 for 66 351, two touchdowns, a absolutely embarrassing uh, interception, and a rating of 72. Dak Prescott's rating was twice what Tom Brady's was last night. His first red zone pick in 410 attempts. First red zone pick since 2019. Just an amazing streak, and it ended with just an bizarre throw. There was no receiver there. He just kind of tossed it in the end zone to the DB and the streak was over. And I think the run, the career, the greatest career, the greatest player ever, the greatest athlete in American team sports history is over because he knows, he knows better than anyone. He knows his body. He knows what he's capable of. He knows coming back next year might sound good. Like, He's going to Vegas. He's going to play for the Raiders. He's going to play for Josh McDaniels. He's going to have Devontae Adams to throw to. It sounds good, but he still turns 46 in August. He knows that he can't do the things he used to do. And it's not like you come back for one game. You know, you come back for training camp, or at least much of training camp. I know he skipped 11 days in this year in training camp. You come back to a new team new teammates, new city. It's a grind, an unbelievable grind to get to the playoffs, which is really what he plays for is to get to the postseason, get to the Super Bowl. And he goes to the Raiders. He's in the division with the Kansas City Chiefs and the LA Chargers. So he's unlikely to win the division. It's probably lucky if he were to win, I don't know, 10 games and make the playoffs as a wild card, go on the road, have to win three playoff games. It is asking too much. And the other thing that that I think of when I think of Brady as he sits down to make a decision, and we can get to his uh, his post-game press conference where he just kind of left the whole thing wide open and, and uh, said he just wanted to go home and get a good night's sleep. Uh, the other thing is he has plans. As much as he has... Uh, has defied all the odds and kept on playing into his forties and kept on you know, coming back and playing every year. He is, uh, he has a 10 year, 30, $370 million contract waiting for him with Fox 10 years, 370 million by far the highest paid uh, guy in broadcasting 37 million a year to do games up in the booth just, you know, travel to the big game of the week. I think he'll be good at that. I really do because 
he's not one of those guys. The guys who are good at it are the guys who uh, uh, completely devote themselves to the broadcasting profession and don't have any um, plans to go into coaching or return to playing. Guys who don't mind criticizing players and coaches and refs. I think Brady will will be a good broadcaster, like an Aikman, like not a Romo, because I don't think Brady drinks, so I don't think he'll be <laughs> quite like Romo, but he'll be, you know, Collinsworth, uh, Aikman, he'll be one of the better ones. And he's always had big plans, like he's going to run his whole, you know, nutrition and fitness empire, he's going to travel around making speeches and appearances and, and just selling that TB12 stuff. That was always part of the plan. Sort of a poor man's uh, Tony uh, Tony Robbins, that type of thing. He's going to do broadcasting. He's going to do uh, speeches and appearances. He's going to play golf, and he's going to play the field. And I don't mean the football field. He is a single man. And a number of people were tweeting at me saying he got divorced so that he could keep playing. He's not going to turn around and quit. I think just the opposite. I think now that he's single. He's got a lot more plans. I mean, obviously, he's going to see his kids, spend time with his kids. I think he lives right around the corner from Giselle, and they share the two kids, and he's got the other one with uh, Bridget Moynihan. His oldest kid is in high school, I believe, a freshman playing quarterback. So Brady's going to want to be around for that, too. He just has a lot to do in retirement, and obviously he's retiring really late for a football player and moving to Vegas or moving wherever, New Orleans, uh, to to start all over again, just seems so dumb. And the idea that he's going to do it just because he had a bad game last night, that's not the reason you come back and, and go through that grind for a whole other year because you had a bad game and you lost. I'm sorry, you did, you're not on a good team anymore. Tampa Bay is not a good team. Dallas is. This was... As, as one-sided as, as any game I've seen you know, this season. It sh- again, it should have been 50 to nothing. It was 31-14. He, uh, I guess he, he made it a little bit interesting when he uh, threw the uh, touchdown pass to, uh, right. to Julio Jones and then uh, Cam break the tight end. And he, he, he had his moments, one or two moments. But let's be honest, if you've watched Brady for 20-something years, as I have, you don't see he. You have rarely seen him look this bad. I don't think I've ever seen him look this bad in the postseason. And part of it is the team, the the offensive line. He was under the gun. I think uh, Micah Parsons set like a record for pressuring the QB, for getting to the QB, uh, and he just looked uncomfortable, off his spot, awkward, out of rhythm the whole night. And part of that is the fact that he's forty five and a half. When you're 45 and a half, you feel it. He's going to feel it today. He said he wanted to go home and get a good night's sleep. I think he's going to get a good night's sleep and he's going to wake up sore and feeling old and saying, I can't do this again. I could be wrong. I hope I'm wrong. I like watching him play. Any game he's involved in is an interesting game. It's worth watching. If he went to Vegas, it would be real drama. It would be huge. Seeing him in a Raiders uniform, that'd be a lot of fun but he'll still be 46 years old and he will still at some point, if he keeps playing, he's not going to have a choice. He's going to be like 
like Peyton Manning was, where he just can't do it anymore. Peyton Manning had the neck problem and couldn't throw the ball, you know, 30 yards. He won a Super Bowl, but he sucked. Peyton Manning's last year, he was terrible. Brady uh, has kind of risked that going out that way, going out uh, looking really bad, looking like a shell of his self. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, although last night was bad. If you come back, you risk embarrassing yourself. You know what else? If you're Tom Brady, you risk giving all those Brady haters, and there are millions of them out there, <clears throat> people who watched, who tuned in just to see him fail, you risk giving them what they've always wanted, what they've been waiting for for 20 years, seeing Brady suck. That's what they want. They haven't seen it in all these years. They haven't really seen it, although last night was close. But if he comes back at the age of 46 with a new team, he risks giving the Brady haters the one thing they've always wanted. That moment when they say, I knew it. I knew he was human. I knew he had this in him. You really want to do that? Why? Why? And I know everybody says he's a winner. He's got seven Super Bowl rings. The chances of him going somewhere else and winning are very, very slim. In fact, it's not going to happen. Again, you go to the Raiders, you get your Chiefs in your division, the Chargers, and you got to grind. you got 17 games to get through before the playoffs. The chances that he would go somewhere else and end up in another Super Bowl, even Brady, I don't think, can do that. Even Brady, even Brady, that is such a long shot as to be kind of silly to think you're going to go somewhere and lead them to the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. And I think he's not like like a Brett Favre. When Brett Favre was done, he just kept coming back. He didn't want to quit. He didn't want to retire because he didn't know what else to do. You know, Brady knows what else to do. He's sliding right in the TV booth. He's going to do all kinds of promotions and commercials and appearances. He's going to be a busy, busy guy. And he's going to pour himself into his next thing is devote himself to his next thing, the way he did with football. And, you know, he's going to have some fun too. We're going to see him at the, the Met Gala. Maybe we'll see him at the Oscars or the, uh, the Grammys or, uh, you know, he'll be at the Super Bowl. He'll be at the big, big events. He'll be at the, uh, you know, uh, uh, Kentucky Derby with all his buds. Maybe he'll bring a date once. He's never done that before. I don't think bring a date to the uh, Kentucky Derby, but he'll do that. He'll be at the masters wandering the grounds with, uh, you know, Michael Jordan and Charles Barkley. If you're Brady, what sounds more appealing going to going to Vegas in August and going through that grind again, or getting on a private jet and heading to, you know, wherever, uh, Monte Carlo heading to the British open or, uh, or uh, just just traveling the world with some hottie. I don't even know. Ironhead, you had the picture of his allegedly his rumored new girlfriend at one point. Yes, who looked like Paige Spiranak. Paige Spiranak's the one I predicted would be his bounce back girl, but it's someone else. Correct? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, she's some Instagram model, I believe. Um, of course, Instagram model for sure, an influencer. So he'll and there'll be rumors and and pictures and TMZ will be chasing him around. He's gonna have a good time in re retirement. I don't think Brady is dumb enough or desperate enough to start all over somewhere else. He'll he'll drag it out. He'll tease everybody for a few months. Uh, that is that is that 
the rumored bounce back chick right that's, there. That's if you're the watching one. along with us. Yes, she does look like Paige Spiranak. Am I saying that right? Spiranak? Uh, I believe it's Spiranak, but a lot of Spiranic. people. Spiranak. See, Paige has the added benefit of being a great golfer. So Brady, Brady's a good golfer. He likes golf. Be traveling around on a private jet with Paige Spiranak. 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 You, you, you tell me going to play for the Raiders is a better life than that? I don't think so. It was ugly, though, I have to say. It was surprising because, as we said yesterday, you just had a feeling whether you thought Brady was going to win or not, that he would make it interesting, that it would go down to the wire, that there would be some real suspense. And there was none of that. The Cowboys completely dominated. They got their first road playoff win in 30 years. That's that's hard to believe. The Dallas Cowboys haven't run a playoff game on the road in 30 years. Most of the players on this team, which is a damn good team, were not yet born when they last won on the road with Aikman and Emmett Smith and Michael Irvin and that whole crew. The only drama last night was the, was the PATs, <laughs> the kicker Mahar there uh, missed four, four PAT kicks, which I don't think I've ever seen before. He hit the upright on one of them. He missed two to the right, one to the left. It was comical. When he finally hit one, the crowd cheered and ESPN didn't, Cover it. You didn't see it. We didn't see. I don't believe we saw the kick that went through the uprights and got the uh, the sarcastic cheer from the uh, Tampa Bay crowd. That guy, everyone else in Dallas was having a blast. Everyone else was enjoying this dominant performance, this, this uh, incredible performance from Dak Prescott. But uh, that kicker, I'm not sure he's going to have a very comfortable, relaxing week. They go to San Francisco that's going to be a great game. Those are two teams that are absolutely loaded. But all the talk, all the eyes were on Brady. Is this it? I think it is. He waved to the crowd, tipped his cap to the crowd, kissed mom and dad, headed up the tunnel. And uh, afterwards, he went on. He spent like five minutes thanking the media for all they've done. <clears throat> you know what they haven't done, as far as I know? And you can correct me if I'm wrong. They never asked a, if he were vaccinated, and B, if he feels bad that he lent his name and his reputation to SPF, the tussle-haired scumbag who Brady thought was Brady thought he was going to make forty-five million dollars in Bitcoin for uh, endorsing SPF and the FTX scam. Uh, it didn't happen. Brady and Giselle together were going to make what was it seventy. $70 million. Brady, Brady and Giselle together. Brady was, was 45, 45 million for Brady, 25 million for Giselle. 25, 70 million bucks for the uh, the Brady Bushtons, and uh, they got none of it, but he's being sued. As far as I know, he's never been asked about it, and he probably never will. When you think about it, I don't know when he's going to be uh, accessible, but, uh, uh, and, and, and I don't think he was ever asked. I don't think if he were vaxxed, which, and we'll get to that because uh, it means a whole lot. <laughs> it means something entirely different now than it did a couple of years ago when uh, Brady was uh, uh, in Tampa and everyone was wondering if he were vaccinated because he doesn't seem like the type to get vaccinated, but <laughs> I don't think they ever asked him, but let's listen to Brady uh, speak after what I believe was his final NFL game. Go ahead. 
your process from here when you start to think about what you want to do next? Because obviously it's going to be huge speculation. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep as good as I can tonight. And, and uh, Or when you want to this has been a lot of focus on you know this game so yeah it's just be one day at a time you know what it, it is an amazing thing he played 20 what is it 24 years he never never had a scandal he never screwed up he never got busted for drunk driving or you know slapping his wife for steroids we know the inflation deflation scandal was all made up that was uh, that was criminal what Goodell did to him he was innocent he missed four games uh, that was kind of a big deal but beyond that can you think of anything in any way where he really screwed up I mean it, it, it was an incredible career the best NFL player ever I think the best athlete in American team sports ever. I know there's a lot of Babe Ruth fans out there, but uh, I'm going to give the nod to Brady. Uh, Michael Jordan had six titles. Brady had seven. Uh, it just in a, in a much tougher sport to win a title where you're relying on so many more guys. But one thing I know he's not doing is going back to Tampa. That team was a mess. That's not a good team. Uh, as, as they mentioned many times on the broadcast, he was... Um, they had no running game. He was, he, uh, you know, he had to throw the ball. He led the NFL in attempts by far. He threw 733 times. He's 45 years old, but only 25 touchdowns, nine picks, a QB rating of 90. Not a great season for Brady by his standards, and I don't think we're going to see another great season. I don't know. If, I just made this up, Iron Ed, but Father Time is undefeated. And I think it may have gotten to Tom Brady and he'll drag it out and there'll be lots of speculation. And we'll probably talk about it at some point. But uh, I don't think uh, I don't think he can do it again. I know he knows what it takes and it takes more than the 46 uh, year old is uh, has to offer. And I guess it's good. He's not limping away. He's not, you know, he's, he's not heading to major back surgery or neck surgery. He was remarkably durable and it will never cease to amaze me that every young quarterback doesn't just say, I'm going to do exactly what Tom did. I'm going to eat what he eats. I'm going to do the pliability thing, the yoga. I am going to emulate him in every way and see if I can stay upright and see if I can uh, make it to 40 or 45, but they don't, you know, they, they, they don't look at that way. I mean, I guess if you're Ben Roethlisberger and you made $200 million or Eli Manning and you made $250 million, you think you kind of did okay for yourself. But uh, if you really wanted to last like Brady did, why don't you do what Brady did? You know, just, I just, I got the book right here. The TB12, what's it called? The TB12 method. If you're a young quarterback, if you're, uh, I don't know, if you're a uh, Daniel Jones, why don't you get this book and do what he did? Eat what he eats, you know, avocado ice cream and all that, uh, and see if it uh, see if it can have the same results for you as it did for him. But uh, that is it for the goat. That is the famous final scene, walking off after an absolutely embarrassing drubbing at the hands of the Dallas Cowboys. And man, what a game by Dak Prescott! I didn't even know. He, I didn't think he had it in him. He was so good. He was so accurate. He was the opposite of Brady. How many passes did Brady throw at the ground or at nobody or into the stands? Or, hell, the one he was supposed to throw away, he threw to the other team. 
He just, if that weren't Brady, if that were just, you know, if that were Justin Herbert, we'd be saying, this guy sucks. But it was Brady. We know he doesn't suck. We know he's the greatest ever. But that was as bad a game as I think I've ever seen him play. He doesn't want to go out that way. I just don't think he has much of a choice. But uh, we will see. It'll be the big topic for the next, what is this, January 17th, the next three months. Super Bowl, everything else. Where will he play? Will he play? It's not Tampa. It's not New England. It could be any number of other teams. But if he's smart, and I think he is, he walks away. He does. He goes into the booth. He starts earning his thirty-seven million a year to sit there for three hours a week. He went from being the greatest player ever to having the single greatest job in the world. Thirty-seven million a year to go to the best game of the week, sit up in the booth and tell us what he sees and and tell us what he thinks. And uh, I think he'll be good at that. And he, he's got a 10 year deal. So he's got nothing else to worry about. And then jump back in the private jet and head off to some Caribbean Island and tee it up with Kate, with, with paid Spernak. man, what a life, what a life, but that'll do it. That's, uh, that's it for Tom Brady. That's it. Say good night to the, to the good guy. Say good guy, goodbye to the good guy. He was, he is a good guy. He was good to, good to me for 19 years. I spoke to him every Monday and uh, really never had a problem until we got to Trump and he didn't want to do Trump, but uh, he was a good interview for many years. The whole Trump thing spooked him. I think his mother, his wife, they hated Trump. They didn't want him talking politics. He didn't. He said, I'm not going to do it. But uh, until deflate gate and then Trump, he was great. He was fun. He was freewheeling. He spoke his mind. He used to swear our producers always had to have their finger on the button because he liked to swear. Uh, I didn't, I, I, I didn't mind, but uh, uh, probably won't uh, be doing, he probably won't be doing a lot of Monday morning interviews on the radio anymore, but that was one hell of a run and we'll never see another one like him. But uh, right, we got lots more to get to here on uh, Tuesday, day one in uh, Tom Brady's retirement. He says he's just going to get a good night's sleep. You know what? I think he's going to get drunk. Mm-hmm. You know, we used to say he only gets drunk once a year at the victory parade. <laughs> you know, he had one, he had seven of those and he got uh, famously drunk at a number of them, including the one in Tampa when he threw this, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, out on the yeah. boat. And then his backup quarterback had to carry him to his car. I think, I think last night might've been one of those nights, uh, but we'll never know. Cause uh, he's going to be uh He's not going to be nearly as accessible publicly as he was throughout his career. But uh, we got a lot to get to. Joe Biden was uh, singing happy birthday to somebody. We're not sure. And he was tr- and he was attempting. This is like a, this is more like watching Brady on fourth and 20, watching Biden try to say the name of the one Supreme Court justice that he nominated, that he put on the court. She's there. But he's just not sure what the hell her name is. And we got to get to Adam Schiff, too, because there, you know, George Santos is a joke, right? George Santos is a liar, but George Santos makes us laugh. And that's good for something. Adam Schiff is a liar and he's an evil bastard. I mean, he is a really, really bad guy. I'll explain that to you. We'll get to lots of stuff on today's Callahan show. But first. Are the Biden administration's New Year's goals of tax and spend and turn a blind eye to inflation at odds with your goals of securing your savings? 
When you've finally had enough of the games government is playing with your savings and retirement, diversify into gold with Birch Gold. I know I'm tired of my money being impacted by stupid decisions by leaders in Washington. For over 5,000 years, gold has withstood inflation, geopolitical turmoil, and stock market crashes. And here's the great news. You can still get it. In fact, you can own gold and silver in a tax-sheltered retirement account. Birch Gold makes it easy to convert an IRA or a 401k into an IRA in precious metals. Here's what you need to do. Text the code word Jerry, G-E-R-R-Y, to 989898 to claim your free info kit on gold. With almost 20 years experience converting IRAs and 401ks into precious metals IRAs, Birch Gold can help you. Protect yourself with gold today by texting Jerry to the number 989898. With an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of happy customers, and countless five-star reviews. Secure your future with gold. Start today with a free info kit. There's zero obligation to make this request. Just text Jerry to 989898. All right, well, let's get to to George Santos and Adam Schiff, because I think this is important. We're going to get to Biden, too, because that is just funny. It is just funny. I, you know, I, someday Joe Biden's going to be gone, like Tom Brady. Can't do it forever, and we're going to miss him because he is, he could be unintentionally the funniest president we've ever had. Trump was funnier, but that was usually, he usually meant it. Biden doesn't really mean it, but man, he had me laughing yesterday. We'll get to that, but I want to do George Santos because he's, I, I noticed this morning when I was watching a little CNN that they've moved on from, you know, January 6th, because that the whole thing failed, and they're looking for another scandal to latch on to. And they were doing wall-to-wall George Santos, talking to, like, his high school friends and his former roommate and trying to just and, uh, dig up as much as they can on the guy. And we've said it, I've said it, George Santos is a joke. He is just an inveterate liar. He's almost as bad as the president. I mean, just making stuff up about his, his religion, claiming to be Jewish, uh, where he went to college, where he worked. He lies about, like, everything. His resume is a total fraud. They didn't discover it till after the election, which is too bad for you, Democrats, because he is a sitting U.S. congressman, and I don't think he's going anywhere. They're pressuring him from all angles, threatening him with uh, investigations of campaign, uh, potential violations of campaign finance laws and everything else. But he is just nuts. I mean, Joe Biden's got dementia and he's got, he's really insecure and needy. So he feels the need to lie to impress people like a child. George Santos is certifiable. This is a conversation. I believe we have the interview with um, Sid and Bernie. This is Sid Rosenberg and Bernie McGurk. God bless his soul before Bernie passed, the former uh, IMUS producer and just a great Great personality. So Santos is a candidate, I believe. What's the date on this? October? October 27th, uh, 2020. 2020. So this is uh, this is when he was a failed candidate, by the way. He lost back then. Then he came back and won. But he goes on and does an interview with Sid and Bernie. And listen to the, listen to just the, the, the way <laughs> he makes stuff up makes up a story about his uh, illustrious volleyball career. I, I can't even, I can't even describe it. It's just insanity. Let's listen. In college and my daughter Ava, as we speak is working on a tennis 
scholarship when she goes to college. So the two sports that you seem to enjoy on the weekends are the same two sports our two daughters excel in. You know, it's funny. I actually went to school on a, on a volleyball scholarship. I, you did? I, knew what, I did, yeah. Um, when I was in Baruch, we were the number one volleyball Did you graduate team, from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. So did I. Oh, very cool. So, great school. Great institution. Very yes. liberal, but very good, very good professors who don't show their bias, which is, which is very uh, interesting, but that's a whole other conversation. But it's funny that we went to, we went to, to play against Harvard, Yale, and we... Slay them. <laughs> we, slay them. we were champions across the entire Northeast corridor. Every school that came up against us, they were shaking at the time. And it's funny, I was the smallest guy, and I'm six two. We had on our block, on our on our on our block alone, there were six seven, six eight. These guys weren't jumping; they were just stretching their arms up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We were we were animal. All of us uh, should have been playing basketball, but we chose volleyball because it was easier. <laughs> so it was, a, it was a great time. He's uh, <laughs> just making that all up. He didn't even go to that college. Uh, do, you, do you have the rest of this about the knees? Oh yeah. Listen to this insanity. First of all, he didn't go to that college. He didn't play that sport. He didn't get a scholarship. They didn't beat Harvard and Yale. He didn't, he, he might be 6'2". I don't know, maybe he is, maybe he isn't. But he didn't play with the six seven, six eight guys. That's all just made up. And the amazing thing is, I understand, he's, again, he's, he's like Biden in this regard. He's trying to impress people. He's trying to ingratiate himself with Sid and Bernie. But doesn't he know, he's not that doesn't he know how easy that is to check? I mean, that's what, you know, that's what I used to do for a job, cover these sports, these, and, you know, at colleges, cover whatever, basketball, volleyball for, for newspapers. And you would just, you know, get online, look it up, or look at the, look at the files, look it up, who played where, how long they played for. Colleges have whole departments. They're called sports information departments. They have sports information directors whose whole job it is to track the college careers of, of everybody. And if people want to write about it, your hometown newspaper wants to, to write about a kid who played volleyball at Baruch, they call up the SID. There's no record that he even went to the college. How did he think he was going to get away with it? And I guess he did to an extent. He's a congressman. But he just makes it up for no good reason. This guy's a freaking nut. And the, but... But this it's not all, you know, good times. When you play volleyball at a high level like Baruch, you have a price to pay over the kind of like, you know, an NFL player. There's a price to play at the end of the road. Listen to George Santos tell you, you know, the price he's gonna pay for those years of playing hard for Baruch College volleyball. Go ahead. I look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice knee replacements uh, knee replacements oh, from wow. HSS playing volleyball. That's how serious I took the game. <laughs> well, that's how serious you're taking politics as well. Remember this name, folks. George Santos out in the third district running against a career politician do-nothing Tom Swazi. <laughs> that's that's Bernie right there saying, remember this name. Good point, good uh, point by you, Bernie, but he didn't play volleyball. He didn't lose. He didn't get to re- knee replacements. He's just nuts. And it's, you know what? I, I, I never want to believe Washington. I want him there. He's entertaining. He's crazy. And he reminds the Democrats how they screwed up. They had to do a little bit of opposition research before the election. They didn't. They dropped the ball. They lost. 
They can't do anything about it now. Uh, I mean, again, CNN, MSNBC, all the networks, they're going to cover it. They're going to chase them up and down the hallways because, you know, the one thing they hate is having a liar in Congress. Which brings us to Adam Schiff. These are two kinds of liars. That guy is nuts, George Santos, trying to impress you with the made-up resume and where he went to college, where he worked, how, how, how good a volleyball player he was. I don't want to say it's harmless because it's so crazy, but it it's not... It's not an attempt to, I don't know, inflame a race war in this country. Adam Schiff, on the other hand, he's scum. We know that. He's a liar. Adam Schiff lied every day for three years about Russia collusion. He literally went on CNN, MSNBC daily, nightly, and said he has seen it. He has evidence in plain sight, that was his term, of Trump colluding with Russia to steal the 2016 election. It was completely made up. And by the way, at the same time, he was calling Twitter, as we learned the other day from the latest Twitter files, to suppress, uh, to ban anybody who criticized him, if you, including journalists. He got journalists kicked off Twitter. That should be a crime. That This is a sitting congressman suppressing the First Amendment rights of journalists He's just the worst. He's, he's, he's vile. He's evil. And his latest campaign is an attempt to get cops killed. I don't think that's an exaggeration. I really don't. If you missed it, the story, uh, this is from January 3rd. Uh, a guy, uh, by the, uh, guy by the name of Keenan Anderson was uh, detained by the police on the streets in Los Angeles he had crashed his car um, into other people's car, and he was having an episode. He was he was maniacal. The cop, it's all on video. It's There's a 19-minute video. I watched the whole thing. The cop did everything properly, everything by the book. He did his best to get uh, Keenan Anderson to comply. He begged him. Keenan Anderson ran out into traffic. He resisted arrest. He wouldn't allow them to take him in. Um, and, and he was, we later find out on cocaine, cocaine, metabolite and cannabis. I mean, he was out of his mind and this cop was begging him to comply. So he wouldn't have to tase him begging him. The guy, the, the, the poor cop finally got some help. They, they, uh, uh, got him under control. He wouldn't stop. They said, stop. We're going to tase you. They tased him. He died hours later. I believe of cardiac arrest in uh, police custody. It was heartbreaking. If you watch the 19 minute video, you will say the cop had no choice. The poor cop was put in an impossible situation. He did his job. He did it by the book. This guy uh, was at fault. Keenan Anderson. Keenan Anderson also happens to be the cousin of BLM uh, co-founder and con woman, Patrice Cullors, you know, the one that changed the, the, the acronym from uh, Black Lives Matter to Buy Large Mansions. She took all the money, much of the money donated by fools, useful idiots, and bought herself some, some big, nice homes. They don't do anything for black lives. As we know, Black Lives Matter is one of the great scams, one of the great grifts of all time. So this woman, Patrice Cullors, she released a statement accusing the LAPD of killing her cousin and it's typical hyperbole, histrionics. That's one thing. 
from a BLM uh, con artist, a sitting congressman, Adam Schiff, from California, edits the video down to, what is it, one minute and something? 126. 126. Edits it down to 126 and tweets, uh, we must not look away. We must not shrink from the need for justice for Keenan Anderson. Police must never respond with such force to a mental health crisis. Resources and care are the answer. Accountability must be transparent and swift. So he's encouraging his followers on Twitter, his constituents, to blame the cops. He's trying to blame the cops and obviously comply, uh, implying that they're racist, that they're that they're that they this is police brutality, that this is murder. If a cop gets hurt after hearing seeing this, it's on shift, but he doesn't care. He wouldn't mind if this led to riots and more violence. And sixty-four cops were shot dead in this country last year. People like uh, Adam Schiff and Ayanna Presley, that's they don't care about that. They don't care about cops. They don't care about violence against cops. They do whatever they can to inflame tensions between the public and the police, particularly if they're if it's a racial situation. That's what they do. Uh, they think they can take advantage politically, but um, he, he tweets out a one minute and what was it again? Twenty second clip. Yep. Of a nineteen minute video to make it look like the cops murdered this guy. You tell me, I mean, there's some bad people in Congress. We got some of them representing us right here in Massachusetts. There's some bad people in the Senate. We got Liz Warren, as as bad a person as you're going to find in the Senate. There's nobody in this guy's league. This guy is the absolute most vile, reprehensible scumbag in Congress, trying his best to blame cops. I wish cops would refuse to work for him on details, would turn their back on him when they saw him. I wish we had an honest media who would never put him on TV again because he lied to them for three years. It'll never cease to amaze me that you would, you have a guy who lied to you, lied to your face over and over and over again. We know that now. He had no evidence. He made it up. And they'll put him on TV and they'll talk about whatever the, uh, classified document scandal. They'll, they'll talk to him about whatever. George Santos. Well, what? George Santos is, 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 couldn't hold a candle to this guy. George Santos is embellishing his resume to impress, I was going to say impress girls, to impress guys. You know, <laughs> George Santos is a clown. This guy is an evil scumbag and he's sitting in Congress and God bless Kevin McCarthy for kicking him off the, uh, the intelligence is it the intelligence. Yeah, I believe the intelligence committee. Good for McCarthy. This guy doesn't belong in Congress, let alone on a committee. He should be kicked out of everything. He should be kicked out of polite society. It's absolutely vile what he did. And if we have violence, it's all on him. Of course, the media will cover for him. But I, we got to move. I want to get to this uh, uh, this British guy who uh, kind of went viral. Um, it's, I got to explain this a little, oh, do you want to play the, you want to play the video that play the video shift tweeted out? I wanted to get to that. I'm sorry. Play the one minute video. I want you to watch this and, and ask yourself, what is shift trying to do? Tweeting this out. I read you the tweet. This is the video a minute long, one minute out of 19 minutes where the cop is begging and pleading him to not fight, to not resist, to not run into traffic. (laughs) 
which is what he did. He ran into traffic on the streets of LA. This guy was 100% responsible for this confrontation and for his own death. But Schiff wouldn't get any, wouldn't get any uh, political advantage out of blaming him, the dead guy. He wanted to blame the cops who did everything he could. Man, it's tough to be a cop in LA these days, but go ahead, play this. Stop it right now. Turn over. Turn over, I'm going to tase you. Turn over, I'm going to tase you. Turn over, I'm going to tase you. Yes. I can't. Watch, watch your elbow, partner. You're trying to George Floyd me. You're trying to George Stop it. Stop it, I'm going to tase you. Okay, stop it, I'm going to tase you. Stop it, I'm going to tase you. Stop resisting. Please. Stop resisting. Please. 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 I'm going to tase him. I'm going to tase him. He's trying to kill me. He's trying to kill me. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Don't resist. No. Stop it. Stop resisting. Stop it. Stop it. Help, please. Help. Do not move. Do not move. Okay. If not, I'm gonna tase you again. Okay. Okay. Help me. Okay. Stop it. Stop resisting. Ah. Stop resisting. I really think the cop should have said, stop it more. You know, I think it was only about 75 times. Stop it. Please stop resisting. Please. And the guy says, they're going to George Floyd me. He was like performing for the cameras. It's unfortunate that he was had so much, so many drugs in his system and died later, but he was performing for the cameras. There. They're going to George Floyd me. And the cop, when I first watched the whole thing, I said, man, this cop deserves a, commendation. He showed great restraint. That was 20 minutes in and scumbag Schiff tweets out one and a, one minute, 30 seconds, man, what a dirt bag. He did, he did get killed on Twitter and, and some in the media were killing Schiff, but he doesn't care. He's, he's, he's okay being a fucking evil lion scumbag. It's kind of his thing, but all right, let's get to, uh, we got another evil line scumbag to get to, although she's kind of changing her tune. That would be Leanna Wynn. But I want to do, if we have time, do we have time? Yeah, we have time. Let's do Constantine Kiesen. I didn't know who that was. I'm still not entirely sure who that was. He's a Russian-British satirist, podcaster, author, and political commentator. He's from England. He's speaking at Oxford and he just gives the greatest speech. If you haven't seen it, it's been this, it's kind of making the rounds. The whole thing is, uh, I don't know how long, 20 minutes. We got a few uh, clips, but he's just so great. He's Oxford in the belly of the beast. And he's talking about climate change, global warming, and mocking St. Greta Thunberg. I mean, things are getting serious now. People it's winter. People are freezing. We've seen the prices. The, the climate cultists are out of control. The lunatics who are you know throwing soup on the paintings and Greta Thunberg and then the lunatics like like John Kerry. I mean, the, the, and, 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 and hell, everyone in the federal government, John Kerry, Ed Markey, Joe Biden want to take away your, your cars and your gas stoves. 
the climate cult is out of control and there needs to be pushback. And I hope this is the first of many because this guy pushes back just, he's funny, he's articulate, it's poignant. It's not that long, but he's so good at kind of nailing the problem, as we've said many, many times with climate change. It doesn't matter what we do here in the United States. It really doesn't matter. It's, uh, it's you know, if China and India and uh, Africa and South America and Asia and uh, Latin America aren't on board and they're not for a good reason. They're trying to, <laughs> they're trying to live. Then it really doesn't matter. What does it matter if you go out and get rid of your, you know, your Honda pilot and get yourself a, a, a Prius if nobody in India and China is on board? It's really stupid and pointless for you know, like a small city of like a city of Boston to spend millions on electric school buses if nobody in uh, Bangkok is doing the same thing. It's just ridiculous and. Too few people point this out, but uh, this guy did. Let's listen a little bit from Constantine Kieson in front of uh, in front of the kids at Oxford. Let us all accept right here, right now, that we are living through a climate emergency, and our stocks of polar bears are running extremely low. I join you in this view. I truly do. Now, what are we to do about this huge problem facing humanity? What can we in Britain do? We can only do one thing. You know why? This country is responsible for 2% of global carbon emissions, which means that if Britain was to sink into the sea right now, it would make absolutely no difference to the issue of climate change. You know why? Because the future of the climate is going to be decided in Asia and in Latin America by poor people who couldn't give a shit about saving the planet. No, thank you. No, thank you. Go ahead, keep it going. You want the other clip? Can you just keep it going from there, Ironhead, please? He's about to... Yes, I can. <sighs> just one second. Just keep that going. He nails it right there. Yeah, no, I, I cut the clip. I got the whole video right here. One. You cut it right there in mid-sentence? That's a great spot to cut it. Good, I meant, good I meant, move. <laughs> I meant to cut it right before that. care about saving the planet. You know why? Because they're poor. Because they're poor. I come from Russia, which is not a poor country. It's a middle-income country. 20% of households in Russia do not have an indoor toilet. What they have is an outdoor toilet. And I don't mean one of those nice port that we get here. I don't even mean a Glastonbury port <laughs> I mean a wooden shack with a hole in the ground that holds the collected fermented memory of the last 10,000 visits. <laughs> How many of you are going to go home tonight and say, let's rip out our bathroom and erect a Siberian shithouse in the back garden? <laughs> and if you're not, why should they? All right. It, this, the, how long is the whole speech, Ernad? Do you have that in front of you? Uh, just under 10 minutes. 10 minutes. You got to watch the whole thing. This guy's great. And he sums it up beautifully. Uh, and, and to apply it to us, we uh, generate 11% of the world's uh, carbon emissions. So if we uh, sank into the ocean tomorrow, it wouldn't mean a damn thing. China is responsible for more than 27% and growing. And again, why would, if you're in India or China or Latin America or Africa, why would you give a damn? You just want, you know, 
the, the, the conveniences of modern life that we enjoy. You're going to sit there and worry about the effect on the climate, which is nonsense anyway. But even if you could do something about it, why would you? You want to live. You want, you know, air conditioning. You want modern transportation. You want to live like a first world country. You're supposed to put that all on hold because John Kerry told you to because the U.S. is going to bribe you to stay in the dark ages. That's just nonsense. And it's wrong. And it's, 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 it's cruel. You know what? We're going to have many, many new innovations in the next hundred years. The, 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 the whole climate change nonsense will hopefully be a thing of the past and people will stop listening to autistic teenagers from, from Sweden and certifiable morons like AOC and Ed Markey and John Kerry and start listening to people like Constantine Kissin. But uh, great 10-minute speech from him. We need more of that, not less, more of that. But all right, let's do Shay, and then I get to get to one more, uh, one more beauty, this Leanna Wen character. You may remember Leanna. We talked a lot about Leanna two years ago. She was one of the true climate crazies, a real fanatic who literally wanted to lock you in your home if you were unvaccinated. She's come around. She has changed her tune. Hopefully she'll be the first of many, but uh, we'll let you hear what uh, Leanna Wynn has to say these days. Well, it's the dead of winter, but that doesn't slow down Shea Concrete. They've got a huge selection of precast concrete steps ready to be installed at your home. If you're building a new home or remodeling or replacing an old staircase, Shea has great values with designs that will fit your home. A new staircase will dramatically upgrade the front entrance of your home, giving you a much better curb appeal. You'll be the talk of the town, the envy of the neighborhood. Shea will take care of all this. They remove the old stairs. You don't want to have to do that yourself. When they're done, you'll have a great looking new entrance that will add value to your home. It's not an expense. This is an investment in your home. With one phone call, Shea will deliver a turnkey installation experience. In a few hours, you get a brand new front entrance. Go to SheaConcrete.com to learn more. Also, you can go there and look for a job. Right now, Shea is hiring. They've got between 15 and 20 open positions. These are career opportunities for all different types of people with all different types of skill sets. All you got to do is pass a drug test. Right, if you don't remember, Leanna Wynn, I thought, I think I might have said once or twice, you know, 2020 that she is flat out evil. She is creepy. She was, uh, she's a doctor, a medical expert. She as a CNN analyst, a Washington post contributor. And she was genuinely creepy back in the day, back in 2020, 21. And she would come on with this just glazed look in her eye and just said, no, these unvaccinated people, they must die. Actually, she didn't say that, but she just said, you know, you should lose all your rights. She literally said, you shouldn't be able to leave your home. Shouldn't be able to travel. Shouldn't be able to fly. Shouldn't be able to work, go to school if you did not comply to a vaccine, which we all know now not only doesn't work, but it's probably killing young people. Um, Lots of people did. Wasn't just her. We all know who the climate crazies were, who the fanatics were. Uh, many of them were blue state governors, you know, just just tyrants like Charlie Baker and Gavin Newsom and Gretchen Whitmer, these crazy authoritarian liberals. Unfortunately, many of them got reelected. Many of them paid no price, which is still bizarre to my mind. People like Gretchen Whitmer destroyed the economy of her state, 
locked people up. There's a great video. I tweeted this out yesterday of a person trying to get on a chairlift at a ski area. And he's wrestled to the ground by the cops and arrested because he was trying to get on a ski lift without a mask. The people that did that, there's a, there's a case in Canada just last week where two cops were acquitted for killing a woman who let her mask slip below her nose. These tyrants were out of control, but for the most part, they paid no price, which is too bad. Leanna Wynn, to her credit, I guess, she's coming around. She's changing her tune. She literally wrote, and this is, um, she wrote that we're, we're overcounting COVID deaths, that there were, that many people uh, who, who died, who had other reasons they died, other cause of death, and they chalked it up to COVID just to inflate the numbers. But this is something she did. And now she's saying we have to stop. She wrote in the New York Post, uh, in the Washington Post, according to the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, the United States has experienced around 400 COVID deaths every day. At that rate, there would be nearly 150,000 deaths a year. But are these Americans dying from COVID or with COVID? That's Leanna Wynn. This is something I said two, almost three years ago. They're saying they're dying from COVID when it's with COVID. Many of these people had four and five comorbidities. They were 100 years old in nursing homes. They died of old age and they lied and said, oh, it's COVID, 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 just to get the numbers up. Here on the screen is this unbelievable video. It's a snowboarder trying to get on a lift. He is literally wrestled to the ground by cops for not wearing a ski mask on a ski lift. Security security guards, not cops. Oh, I'm sorry, security guards. Well, the cops are waiting because they take them in, I believe. Uh, look at this. People jump in and help security wrestle him to the ground. We went through utter madness, mass psychosis. And I hope people don't forget. I hope they do not forget what these people did. This, this is just insanity. And we know they arrested a, a paddle border out in the ocean by himself. We know they arrested, kicked two-year-old autistic kids off planes for not masking up. Those are cops there now, right? Or somebody's holding him. It's two It's two security guards and then like another snowboarder. And shockingly, that old woman comes in and says, get off him. Because he wouldn't wear a ski mask on a ski lift. I mean, a mask on a ski lift. We cannot forget. We cannot forget. We cannot forget. I will not forget what Leanne, Leanna Wynn did. But to her credit, she's coming around. Can we play Leanna Wynn? Do we have time to play her from two years ago on CNN? saying you should not be able to travel, leave your state if you didn't have the useless facts. I absolutely think we should have that requirement. I think it was a major oversight on the part of the Biden administration to not issue this yesterday. And we have to talk about the reason. The reason isn't so much that we need to keep our, our train travel and plane travel even safer. They are pretty safe, although I definitely think that having a vaccine requirement would make it even safer and probably encourage many people who are vaccinated or who have young kids and want to protect them. Um, maybe it'll help to encourage those people to start traveling again. If you want to stay unvaccinated that's your choice but if you want to travel you better go get that vaccine dr wen jeffrey thanks so much can't travel i can't i can't stop looking as she's talking jeffrey tubin is on the screen with her and you know he's got no pants on and he's just down there he's just giving it a grab having a great yeah. old time but yeah she's uh, talking and everyone's like yes yes you're right oh damn it 
forgot. I'm going to shorten it up. So keep going. All right, tighten it up. We got, we got <laughs> Joe Biden singing happy birthday before we go singing happy birthday to Andrea King. That would be Martin, Martin Luther King Jr.'s daughter-in-law, Martin Luther King Jr. son, Martin Luther King III. He, uh, Biden was in uh, Atlanta down there and he was uh, speaking, rambling, bumbling. And uh, someone told him it was uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s wife's birthday. And uh, he'd, he he wanted to get everybody like he's friggin' 12 years old to sing happy birthday to this woman he doesn't know. As uh, as we quickly learn, doesn't know her name. Listen to whom Joe <laughs> Biden sings happy birthday to. But congratulations today, the honorees, uh, including your wife, uh, who I understand uh, is birthday today. Well, look, my wife has a rule in her family: when somebody's birthday, sing happy birthday. You ready? Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Alan. Happy birthday to you. Well, uh, happy birthday, dear Alan. Her name is Andrea. I don't think that was even close. Not even in the ball. I was before I I looked up what her name was. I was like, if it's like Valentina or something, right. maybe. How can you? do that knowing you don't know her name he knows he doesn't know her name and he says let's sing and then when you're halfway through what you got to do is say oh it's good enough or whatever don't get to the name the idea that you get to the name and say well that's when you that's when you just got to put the mic to the crowd and let them be the bad guy but that's not the only name he forgot yesterday oh Those are the words of Kajan, Kajan, Katanji Drown Jackson, <laughs> our Supreme Court Justice. <laughs> the best part is he gets Brown wrong. Katan, Katan, Katanji Drown Jackson. <laughs> and if you missed the video, there's a woman sitting behind him and she is just giving him the death stare, shaking her head like, you fool. You're one Those- nominee of the Supreme Court. Probably to this woman, this is probably a... She's an idol, a hero, an inspiration, and this this dementia riddle fool can't even get her name right. Look at the woman; she's <laughs> shaking her head like you buffoon. But I, right, that, I right, we we will leave it there. That's good. That's that's good. We got to end on a laugh. That is a that is priceless. And you know what? He'll do it again tomorrow. He will provide again tomorrow. We got to keep. I think we got to keep Joe Biden and George Santos around for the next two years. We need the laughs. Schiff, on the other hand, he belongs in a rotten in prison. Mm. Same with Leanna Wynn, but not Joe and not George. We need them. They make me laugh. But that will do it for today. Thanks to everyone for listening. Thank you, Ironhead. I'm Jerry Callahan. This is the Callahan Show, and we will do it again tomorrow. Shaking my head and thinking something ain't right. Is it just me? Am I losing my mind? Am I standing on the edge of the end of time? Am I the only one? Tell me I'm not. Like the show? Leave a five-star review on Apple and Spotify.